All right, Rabotai. I want to welcome all our members here for a uh, Friday morning session. The time is short, therefore we have to uh, right away get to the business at hand. And we're learning Parashat Bayakhel. I have to point out that it is a double header this week. There's also Shekalim, which is an indication that we're already going to announce the Shodesh Adar, the Shabbat Adar Bet, which will be next Friday. And then uh, that's it. The fun begins. Uh, we have Purim coming up, and then we got Pesach. It's, uh, it's really a great time of the year. You know, unless you're living in Ukraine, that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then uh, it might not be such a, uh, a good time. Anyway, just uh, some of the members were asking, are we going to Uman on the Chodesh Nisan? As of now, we're still going. It's free also. You know, because Putin promised that he's not going to touch Uman. So as of now, the trip is still on. We'll let you know if it, uh, if it escalates. But we think, we think we'll be okay. All right, now we're getting to Parashat Vayakel. Vayakel Moshe et kol adat b'nei Yisrael vayomer alehem. So Moshe Rabbeinu, he is Vayakel. He congregates the people, which is a rare, rare item. And the whole Torah, you don't see that before Moshe Rabbeinu makes a uh, shiur or makes a proclamation, you don't see it introduced with Vayakel. So I saw Mefarshim, two different approaches to this. One approach that I saw from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and he says, because Moshe Rabbeinu is now coming back from Har Sinai after getting atonement for the people, for Chet Egel. Now before Chet Egel, Klai Yisrael were on a tremendous spiritual level. Adam Rishon Kodem but not only that, they were on a very unified level. Kleistel had a tremendous bondness and ahdut and a oneness to them. We know that, that when they came to Har Sinai, it said, Vayichan. Vayichan is singular. Even though it was three million people, but there was such a camaraderie between them that it was considered one cohesive unit. Egel undid that. Once there was Egel, there was divisiveness. I mean, Shevet Levi went out and killed the, you know, tri- family members of other tribes. And there was, a, you know, a lot of, uh, 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 you know, factions all of a sudden. Now all of a sudden it became, you know, divided, Klai Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when he came back from Har Sinai, meaning on Yom Kippur, he had two missions. Number one, to give B'nai Israel the Seliha, the religious atonement that they needed, but also to reunite the people. I mean, B'nai Israel after Hatta Egel were fractured. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu has to, as a second mission, which by the way, I don't know what's more important. You have to bring back the unity of Klai Yisrael. So therefore, specifically here, the Torah will start off and say, Vayakel Moshe. That's not just like, you know, he called a meeting. Vayakel, he made, he had to recreate the Kahal, because the Kahal was actually, was splintered, and the kahal was broken, so Moshe Rabbeinu had to reestablish kahal Yisrael. Fine. Another explanation I saw, which is uh, beautiful. They say, why Vayakel? Because we're building a Mishkan now, and we know that for these structures, like Bet HaMikdash, Mishkan, for them to exist, it depends on B'nai Yisrael's behavior. 
And we know that in the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed because of Avodah Zarah. So Avodah Zarah was off the table because they made Teshuvah Fecheta Egel. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu said, because we have fixed this Avodah Zarah problem, we are worthy to have a Mishkan. But Moshe Rabbeinu reminded them that the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinat Hinam, because of baseless hatred. And that needed to be rectified before they build the Mishkan. Because if you're going to build the Mishkan with Sinat Hinam, you're building it on quicksand. And therefore, it's not going to have any, any endurance. It's not going to have any longevity. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu begins the parashah of the Mishkan by Yakel. First, he has to create a unity amongst Klai Yisrael and eradicate Sinat Hinam, and now you'll have, a, you'll have a Mishkan. Okay, let's continue. Just, uh, all this is introductory remarks until we get to the main to the main event. We give our members a chance uh, to trickle in. So the next pasuk says, "Vayomer alehem en lehadevarim asher siva Hashem laasototam." And then the uh, Torah introduces uh, Shabbat. Now, there's an interesting balaturim over here. The Balaturim is trying to understand the connection between what we read at the end of last week's perasha and the beginning of this week's perasha. The rabbis always adoresh simuchin, juxtapositions. When you have two parashot that are close to each other, we have every right to ask, what are these two, why are these two parashot neighboring each other? What's the, what's the cash? So last week's perasha, what does it say? Last pasuk. Pasuk says, Karan or penem Moshe. That Moshe's face was shining. There was a radiance, there was a glow that came over Moshe's face. Veshib Moshe tamasve. And Moshe Rabbeinu put on the mask. Okay, so that's, uh, you see, everything's in the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu put on a mask not in order to uh, protect himself or the people from uh, COVID, but he did it in order to cover the radiance, because it was his radiance that was blinding. So if he had to wear a masveh. But he was allowed to take it off in between bites. And if he was drinking, of course, he would be able to take off the masveh based on CDC uh, you know, regulations. Just want to make sure that. Well, Shinabinu was definitely compliant. He had his mask on and he did... You know, he didn't eat that much, so it wasn't really a nisayon for Moshe, but the little that he did eat and drink, <coughs> he did put the mask right back on after, you know, he took a sip. And it really made everybody safer because of that. You know, that's, that's what they want us to believe. <coughs> and, of course, social distancing, 100%, 100%. Anyway, 100%, Morris, thank you very much. So now, he says, what's the connection between Karan or Penem Moshe? And the Torah here is starting off in Parashat Vayakel, Sheshet Yamim Ta'asem Melacha, which is Shabbat. So look how beautiful. He says, and I quote right in the beginning of the Parashat, Ketiv Le'el, Kikaran Or Panav, Usmich Le'parashat Shabbat, Lomar, She'eno Dome Kirun Panim Shel Shabbat, Le'shar Hayamim. That the radiance that a person has on his face during the week 
is not the same radiance that he will have on Shabbat. Which is, there is a connection between the radiance and Shabbat. Shabbat, a person's face, is not the same. Now, we might not be able to, to pick it up, but clearly, we don't look the same. Those that have the good perception can just look at a person's face and say, it's got to be Shabbat. Because uh, you know, humans don't look like that. Jews don't look like that during the week. Based on this, I once heard a beautiful explanation to a halakha. Halakha says that when you're making Sheva Berachot, so you always have to have new faces that were not there at the wedding in order to make the blessings. However, they say on Shabbat, you don't have to have Panim Hadashot because the Shabbat is Panim Hadashot. What's the explanation? Because even the people that came to the wedding during the week on Shabbat, they are Panim Hadashot. Because they have a different face. It's not the same face. The, the countenance or the, 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 the radiance that's on them on Shabbat, it, it's a different person. It's not the same guy. So therefore the Shabbat itself can, uh, can create what's called Panim Hadashot Ba'ulekam. Yeah, we can say that also. We can say that also. So now we get to the main uh, entree of today's, uh, you know, we came to offer this morning. <coughs> so the Torah introduces uh, Shabbat. Now the question obviously would be, why do we got to introduce Shabbat again? You know, this is one law that is just keeps on repeating itself. Ten commandments, we had it already. And then we have it again in... Kitisa, uh, last week, was the whole parasha of Shabbat, and Shabbat. And now we get Bayakel again, Shabbat again. Well, that answer we could say, and I saw Rabbi Karp, uh, may him be well, answers this in his Sefer, Bayavinu Bemekra, that we know that uh, Shabbat, the Gemara says, is an atonement for Avodah Zarah. It says, the person uh, worships Avodah but he keeps Shabbat, even if he worships Abu Dazara, but I will forgive him. Because what is Abu Dazara? You know, the believing in uh, foreign, uh, foreign entities. And Shabbat says what? No, there's God, and he's the creator of the world, and it's finished. So therefore, after Heta Egel, where B'nai Sale collectively worshipped Abu Dazara, so now we need Shabbat for a different reason now. Now Shabbat is not only the Shabbat of Onik Shabbat, Shabbat Menucha, Day of Rest. No, now we need Shabbat as a kapara. Now the Shabbat serves as a, you know, a, uh, a tikkun in order to atone for Avodah. So therefore, Moshe is telling the people, now you better step up your Shemirat Shabbat, Rabotai. Because now you really need Shabbat being uh, that you worshipped Egel. So Shabbat's going to serve now a different level of, uh, of atonement. So that's, that's why Shabbat might be mentioned now after the Egel again, because it was needed for Bnei Israel. The real question we came to discuss today is the order. You notice that in Terumat Tetzaveh, it's all about the Mishkan. And after we talk about the Mishkan, in Kitisa, the Torah introduces, after the Mishkan's all finished, <coughs> before Egel, Shabbat is mentioned. So the order till now was Mishkan, Shabbat. Now when we get to Vayakil Pekudeh on the repeat, the order is flipped. It's Shabbat Mishkan. Mm. 
And therefore the question has to be raised, what happened? Why the, why the switcheroo? Why did we start with Mishkan and then talk about Shabbat? And now we're talking about Shabbat and then Mishkan. It's a simple question. Everybody talks about it. I'll offer you, uh, I don't know, one or two reasons uh, that uh, I saw in the Sephardim. First, we'll bring down the Bet HaLevi. Rabbi Salavechik, Halav He says that in life, there are necessities and there are luxuries. Now, if a person has uh, a child, he gives a mashal. He's marrying off rich men. He says, if the rich man loves his child, which I guess not every person gets along with their children, but assuming that the child is beloved, so for the wedding, not only will he give him necessities that he needs for the wedding, but he gives him some luxuries also, stuff that he doesn't need. Now he says, the rich man who really doesn't like his son that much, he's going to give him luxuries also just to save face from the people. Because otherwise the people's eyes are cheapskate or whatever it is. But uh, uh, he's not giving it to him because he, he loves him. He's giving it to him because you know, he has no choice. It's his son. Says the Beit Levi, how do you know, uh, how could you test to see if the luxuries are coming out of Ahava or coming because he has no choice? So he says, it depends when he gives it to him. He says like this. <coughs> when the child gets married, if the first thing the father gives him is the luxury, that shows you that the father loves the kid. He can't wait to give him the luxury. I mean, he's starting with the luxury. What about the necessities? But if he doesn't love the kid so much, first he'll give him what he needs. Because that he needs. And then by no choice at the end, when he has no choice, he gives him the luxury. So the order, says the Beit Levi, you're able to discern and tell the relationship. So he says, gorgeous. <clears throat> Shabbat is a necessity. You need Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat is uh, the ot. Shabbat is the is the sign between us and Klal Yisrael. Uh, the world, the Orachim Hakadosh says, cannot exist if you don't have a Shabbat. Shabbat gives the energy to the rest of the six days of the week. Mishkan, on the other hand, it's a luxury. We don't need Mishkan. We, mo- most of our existence as a nation, we've lived without the Mishkan. Great item to have. But it's really not something that is necessary. So says the Beit Levi, before Chayta Egel, when the marriage was good and the relationship was strong, Bore Olam gave us the Mishkan first and then Shabbat. So therefore, wow, well, God, he didn't even give us the necessities. He's giving us the luxury. He can't wait to spoil us. But after Chayta Egel, the relationship changed. And now Bore Olam says, take the Shabbat that you need. Luxury comes after. And therefore, from the order, you see there was a shift in the, in the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had with Klaius. But that was not running to give us the luxury after the Chayta Egel. He gave it to us, but only after he gave us the Shabbat, which is, which is needed. A beautiful uh, explanation from the Beta Levi. Now, we do have also, uh, answering this question, uh, the Rav called... Kliyakar. So let's go to the Kliyakar. <coughs> we have it in front of us. Kliyakar says, mm, 
Akar says, let's get to know over here. Gorgeous. Vagav, Gamkin Yeturats, Lama Shina Moshe has said it. Why is Mixed the order? Ki Akadosh Baruch Si Balo Tehila Ala Mishkan. Umoshe Hikdima Shabbat. So when God was commanding the Mishkan, he gave it in the order of what? Mishkan Shabbat. When Moshe gives it over to the people, Shabbat Mishkan. That's his question. So he answers beautifully. You know, there's a similar question that they ask, and with that, they'll answer this question. If you look in the Torah, the holiday of Pesach is called two, 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 two different names. Sometimes it's called Hagamatzot, and sometimes it's called Pesach. Uh, you'll notice that uh, whenever we call the holiday, we call it Pesach. If somebody says, where are you going? We don't say, where are you going for Hagamatzot? Right? Uh, they don't call it a Hagamatzot trip. They call it a Pesach trip. That's why we call it Pesach. Now, in the Torah, however, the Torah calls it Hagamatzot. So the Kliakar over there asks, what's the, uh, what's the difference? So he says, it's a love affair between us and God. In a good marriage, everybody wants to give the spouse the kavod. You know, you want to build up the spouse. You don't want to build up uh, yourself. So you give kavod to the other one. Uh, so it's like this. When we're talking about the holiday, we're saying, listen, this holiday is all about what Hashem did. Look at the unbelievable God we have. He saved us. He passed over our homes. It was, a, it was a catastrophe night that night for the Egyptians and the firstborn of the Jews, <laughs> not one. Borei Olam says, don't praise me. Haga Matzot. You left Mitzrayim with Matzot on your back. No provisions. Who would do that? Home nation. People go to Florida. They bring three bags of food on the plane with them. And they, 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 they're leaving food and they're going to food. But for the two hours, they need to have food also. Imagine going 40 years. They had no idea. Midbar. To a place where there's no food, you bring provisions. Nobody asked any questions. And therefore, God says, don't praise me. So this is the fight that we have. We're saying, Pesach, God says, that's a good fight. That's a fight out of love. And therefore, he answers with this another question. That if you look at when God told Moshe in Egypt to paint our doors with the blood of the Qurban Pesach. So, when God uh, uh, tells us to do it, it says that I want you to paint the doorposts. It's mezuzot bet hamashkof, and the mashkof is the the lintel. That's the top part. When Moshe Rabbeinu gives the commandment to the people, he says mashkof v'shtem mezuzot. He switches the order. So the befarshim ask again. So the same 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 love love fight. The fight over here is that God says that the two posts represent the two leaders, Moshe and Aharon, and the Mashkof represents what? God. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hazak Baruch to the leaders, therefore give them the kavod first, do the side posts, and then the Mashkof. Moshe Rabbeinu says, what are you talking? We're the leaders only because God gave us the koah, and therefore the Mashkof must come first, and then, the, and then, the, and then, and then following the, the mezuzot. So again, you see that same, if I give you a third example, you see this concept all over the Torah. If you remember when the Jewish people succumbed 
to the girls of Midian. Mm-hmm. And then God said, we got to take a revenge. And therefore, Pinehas uh, and the soldiers, 12,000 soldiers, went out and they took the revenge. So if you look at the commandment, when God commands Moshe to go out to war, he says, Latet et nikmat b'nei Yisrael. That this is a revenge for what they did to B'nai Israel. When Moshe gives the commandment over to the people, he says, Latet nikmat Hashem b'midyan. Make up your mind, is it nikmat Yisrael or nikmat Hashem? Same fight. God says, ah, you know why I'm angry? For what they did to my people. They made a hailul to my people by causing them to commit this new domain, and therefore I will not let them treat my people like that. For me, it's nikmat Yisrael. And we come back and we say to God, no, we don't care about our kavod. We're doing this for what they did to the glory of God. They made Hilul Hashem to us, and therefore it's Nikmat Hashem. That's a good fight. Is it Nikmat Yisrael, Nikmat Hashem? That's a good fight. We don't want that fight to go away, because that shows that the couple is living good. And therefore, you say Matzot, and I say Pesach. You say Nikmat Hashem, I say Nikmat Yisrael. You say Mashkof, I say Mizuzot. It's beautiful. So the Kliyakar uses that concept over here as well. He says, what does Shabbat signify or signal? And what does Mishkan signal? He says, Mishkan is all about God. After all, it's a testimony. You're unbelievable, Hashem. You created the world in six days, alone, without any help. And you rested on the seventh. It's a testimony to the world. There's a creator, divine design. There's God. The Shabbat is an edut for Hashem. Mishkan, on the other hand, is an edut li Yisrael. That God forgave us for Chetaegel. That that shows the glory of B'nai Yisrael. That the divine providence or divine presence rests in their midst. And therefore, when God is commanding and God is giving over the commandment, God says, the first thing I want to give over is the glory of Klai Yisrael. Build the Mishkan. And then he says, all right, listen, keep Shabbat also. But Allah puts the glory of B'nai Yisrael before his own glory. When Moshe Rabbeinu comes to give over the commandment, our glory is important, but it doesn't come before the glory of God. Therefore, he switches it around, says the Kliyakar, and he puts Shabbat first, and then he gives the Mishkan. It's a beautiful, beautiful explanation. I'll just read you his Lashon. He says, Abal Moshe, Hashab shelichvod Hashem yitbarach ra'uy lehagdim ha-Shabbat al kevodo yitbarach ve'arkach ha-Mishkan and God did the opposite. God said, no, Kivodam Shah Israel comes first. So that's yet a second complete opposite. We're giving you different variations. And you know, Abu Yivhar. Yeah, I'm giving you the menu. You know, you can select what you want. I'm just giving you what we're serving today. And you know, consume everything or you know, don't take anything. Now, the last Offering on this topic, I'll give you the beauty. It's based on an opinion of <coughs> Maskil le David. 
Maskila David. Rabbi, no, Rabbi David, Maskila David, Rabbi David Pardo. Rabbi David Pardo, Shalom, was one of the great rabbis. Oh, 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 oh. I see, I say great rabbis, and Rabbi Friedman walks in. It's unbelievable. Baruch Abba Rabbi. Shechayana, we can't get out of the game. Let's take two. There's, there's seven wonders of the world. You're looking at the eighth wonder. <laughs> I'm telling you. Every, every year, another book. And no repeats. It's all new stuff. Rabbi Friedman, Baruch Abba. So I'll tell you what we're discussing, Kvod Arav. Whatever I'm saying, the rabbi knows in his sleep, so I'm not telling the rabbi anything he doesn't know. I'm talking to the kahal, but just to fill the rabbi in, there's derich edits. I know my limitations. Anyway, the discussion that we had over here, get him everything, get him coffee, tea, everything. Get him everything. So now, the question that we had was, why is the order of Mishkan, Shabbat, Shabbat, Mishkan? Famous question. So we offered a few answers. We said from the Beit Halevi one pshat. We said from Kliyakar another pshat. But now I want to answer it based on Maskile David. Rabbi David Pardo. Rabbi David Pardo lived in the 1700s. And he was one of the great Mefarsher Rashi. Mefarsher, he wrote a whole book just explaining, you know, like we say, what's bothering Rashi. That's the book. You know, why does that she have to comment? And is his iunim are uh, uh, stunning? They're fabulous. So the Maskile David has a piece on the beginning over here. We start the Pedasha by Yakel Moshe, <coughs> so that she right away tells us the date. Tabotai, you have to know when this happened. The Mahorat Yom Kippurim, Kishiyarad Menahar. We know Moshe Rabbeinu came down at Har Sinai when? On Kippur. That's when God said, Salahti. Good. And then when did this congregation take place by Yakel? She tells us the next day. So ask the Maskila David, what, what was bothering Rashi over here that he felt that he has to come and tell us that this is the next day? What, what, what was the... Rashi doesn't talk unless he feels that he has to talk. Rashi was not just looking to, you know, say things that are not necessary. Obviously, he read the text. He said, oh, got a problem here. He said, Vayakel Moshe. And then she says, oh my God, I don't know how to read this. So he's answering a question of some sort. And therefore, Maskili wants to know what was bothering Rashi that he felt that to come and tell us about Motzei next day. So he reads like this. Vayakel, Pirush Rashi lemaharat yom kipurim. Pirush de kashele, and she had a kashel. That besof perashat de leel. If you go to the end of last week's perashah, by the way, we have uh, we have it in front of you. Go to the pasuk. Go to the Pesukimah, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. 
Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai in last week's Perashah, and the Pasuk writes as he quotes, and you'll find it for us uh, solely, Vaharechen, Vayered, Vahi Beredet Moshe, and it was when Moshe came down, Vaharechen, Nigeshu, Kol Bene Yisrael, all the people gathered to Moshe, Vaitzavim, and he commanded them the Torah and the Medvot. By the way, let's review. What happened on Yom Kippur? That's what we got the Torah. So the Pasuk says in last week's Perasha, he came down, Vayered. You got it, Soli? Read it to us. Beautiful. Okay, beautiful. And the Pasuk says that after he came down, it's after Chetaeg, we're talking about when he came down the second time. He gathered Bnei Yisrael and he taught them. So Esther Mechtam the David, if they gathered already and he's teaching them, what does it have to say? Vayakel. They already were Nikalim. They were already gathered. What are you talking about? They were there already. See, the gathering was already in motion. On Kippur, there was a major gathering of all clients there to teach them the Torah. So why does the Torah have to come along again? Well, just because it's a new parasha. We remember from last week's parasha. Let the Torah continue and say, Vichen, and so on. No, the Torah says, Vayakel. So that she said, wait, this must be a different gathering than the gathering of last week. And therefore he says, last week's gathering was on Kippur. And since the Torah doesn't tell us when this gathering was, it must be the first possible date after Kippur. And what's the first possible date after Kippur? What's the Kippur? Understand what he's answering? Now watch what he says. So he says, Oh. And what does he tell them? What does he tell the people on what's the Kippur? We need to build a Mishkan. We need to build a Mishkan. That's what it starts. The 11th of Tishri. Says Mechtam de David, hold it. Is Mishkan part of Torah? Yes. So we taught the Torah to the people on Yom Kippur? Yes. So why didn't he teach them on Yom Kippur about the Mishkan? Why did he teach them the whole Torah when he went to, he went to the Sefer Hainuch with them? Ah, Mitzvah, Periyav Rabiyah. Mitzvah, Birit Mina. Mitzvah, Gida Nasheh. He gave them all. And Mishkan, he skips. When does he teach Mishkan? Motza'eh, says the Rav. Why Motza'eh? So he says something unbelievable. He says, because the Mishkan that we're building now serves not only as a beautiful structure for Shekhinah and all that, this Mishkan post-Egel is Kapara. This is tikkun. <coughs> and B'nai Yisrael, by the way, we see how excited they were once they got the charge to build the Mishkan. We see how fast they raised the money. They even over-collected. Which Rabbi Friedman will agree with me that that never happened again in, in history. Because even if you over-collect, they just change the budget. So therefore, it's never over-collecting. You just say, we needed more money. So therefore, but in this case, over they were honest. They said, listen, the budget stays the same when we collected more. Stop bringing. Never. Rabbi, stop bringing? <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Anyway, you see how zealous they were to, to, to do it. They finished it in record time. They started it in Tishri, they finished it in Kislev. And by the way, a lot of intricate stuff. We're, we're building our shul for, what is it, 10 years now? <laughs> I'm just saying, to build something of that magnitude in three and a half months, it's unbelievable. Why the rush? I'll tell you why the rush. Because they knew that this is their tikkun for kapara. Which means they understood that this is one of the items, which is besides the 40 days, the 40 nights, and all that stuff. You need to get this thing up, and this is going to clean their souls in order to rectify chetaegel, as we know. So Bnei Yisrael were very, very motivated to get this thing built. Says Maskile David, Moshe was worried that if he's going to give them the law on Yom Kippur, in the zealousness of doing this, they're going to start to take stuff from their tents and bring it to Moshe, and they're going to be mehalel Kippur. He can't carry on Kippur. But it, it's going to be Bishogeg, because they're Osik B'Mitzvah. But nonetheless, so Moshe, I know these people. They're so zealous to get, to, and by the way, and it's Yom Kippur, and that's the Day of Atonement. So once they're told on Yom Kippur that the way you get atonement is by building a Mishkan, they're going to say, well, all of a sudden they start bringing stuff to Moshe, but you have to say, well, oh, Kippur, you can't carry. Oh, sorry, we forgot. It was so, uh, so then Moshe had no choice <coughs> but to delay the news of the Mishkan until the wow. following day. But then he goes further. He goes further. He says, what happened on Moshe Kippur? Moshe Rabbeinu gets up and says, Rabbi Sai, that's for the rabbi. Rabbi Sai, I have to apologize. I have to apologize to Klaise because he knew that there was going to be now a big criticism. Because Moshe is going to get up and say, Rabbi Sai, we're going to learn about the Mishkan now. And they're going to tell Moshe, now, why didn't you tell us yesterday? Why didn't you tell us yesterday? We're, we're waiting for a tikkun. Every day is critical. Moshe, you knew about this yesterday? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I must apologize to the congregation and I must tell you why I did not tell you about the Mishkan yesterday. Because there's a concept called Shabbat. And I was preserving the sanctity of Shabbat and Yom Kippur. That's why he starts with Shabbat. He starts with Shabbat because that's an apology. He's apologizing to Klai Yisrael. He's saying, listen, wow. before I talk about the Mishkan, I got to tell you about Shabbat, which is Kippur, it's the same thing. And you can't build this thing on Shabbat. And that's why I had to tell it to you today, after Kippur, because I needed to preserve the Kiddushah. And I knew you people are such Sadiqim that unintentionally you're going to run and want to build the thing right away. So therefore, says Maskil, he had to mention Shabbat first. Wow. As an apology, wow. and then he says, wow. now we can talk about Kippur. How do you like that answer of the Maskele? And that's why he says over here, <coughs> he says, V'ta'am ha'davar, sh'lo amar lehem parashah zu miyad v'yom ha'kippurim. Why didn't he give it to them right on Yom Kippur? K'moshe amar lehem sh'ar ha'mitzvot, like he gave them the rest of the mitzvot. Like it says, v'yitzavem. He says, no. L'fi she'en melechet ha'mishkan do'chei Shabbat. V'lachach lo hodi'am miyad v'yom ha'kippurim. Why? Because he didn't want to tell them anything. Why? 
because yadah heshkam v'ziruzam lemitzvah. He knew their desire and their lust to perform the mitzvah, and therefore yatchidu miyad. They're going to start to do it right away. Lehavi, they're going to start to carry. And we know Hava'a is one of the 39 melachot. And therefore he says, V'lachen b'zeh nachon l'hasbir ta'am shigdim Moshe yisez shemirat Shabbat l'tzivuya mishkan. Why? Because he wanted to tell them that I have to tell you why I had to delay this information. That's a beautiful shot of the maskiler. So then we have three interpretations why Shabbat came first. Either betanevi, because uh, after cheta egel, the necessity must come before the luxury, and Shabbat is a necessity, Mishkan is a luxury, or according to the Kliyakad uh, that says that when it comes to God talking, God says Mishkan is about B'nai Israel, that comes first, Shabbat is about me, that comes second, and B'nai Israel say no, we want to do Shabbat, which is about God, and the Mishkan about us comes second. So if it's a love affair between B'nai Israel, and the third explanation based on Mishkan to David, it was an apology. It was, it was there just to explain why the law of Kippur was delayed to the following. And the final thing that I'll say, and then I'll you know, retire for this morning's uh, dirash, is something that I saw from the Meshech Chochmah. The Meshech Chochmah says on the laws of Shabbat here, it says, Shabbat Shabbaton Hashem, kol ha'oseh bo melacha yumat. What does it mean, kol ha'oseh bo melacha yumat? That whoever does melacha yumat. The special has a very strong question. We know there's two types of punishment that the Torah levies on a person who commits a crime. One is a mitah that's called mitah bideshamayim. And one is mitat bedin. Believe in punishments. When the Torah talks about mitat bideshamayim, it uses the word yumat. When the Torah talks about mitah bedin, mot yumat. It's klal, klal gadol b'yahadut. Understand the difference? Yumat, mot yumat. I'll give you an example. Uh, the law is when uh, you know, somebody's ox gores and kills somebody. So the pasuk says, Hashor, Yisakim. You have to put that dangerous ox, kill it. you No. yumat. We don't kill a person for what his animal does. No death penalty on that. Yumat means, Yumat, either he has to pay. Yumat does not mean uh, 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 a death penalty. Mot Yumat, death penalty. Evantem? That's a club. Now we know, Rabbi Shabbat is punishable by mitat bedin. Sekila. So the chaura, the pasuk should say, kol bo melacha, mot Yumat. Why does the pasuk over here use the word yumat? Easy question of the Mishra Ochma. So he answers beautifully because he knows the whole Torah on his fingertips. He comes along and he says, because you got to go to the Gemara Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin. 
וטרם שהוקם המשכן, לא היה נוהג דין דיני נפשות. This capital punishment that we give does not apply always. I always thought for capital punishment you need two things. You need a bed dean and a perpetrator. Those are the two ingredients. You got a bed dean and a mehalel Shabbat. So you got those two people functioning, you can kill. But the Gebarah said that he says, no. The end dani dinin nefashot edam kem yesh kohen. Kohen that's meshamesh. You need a kohen that's serving. Like it says in the Pasuk. So Kohen and Shofet work together. And until the Gebarah says you have Kohen working, you don't have, uh, you don't have judgment. Ve'az, look at Gemara Sanhedrin, he says page 52, and you'll see the rules. I'm not making up the rules, that's the rule of the Gemarah. Ve'az lo mishkan ve'lo aron Kohen. He's not a Kohen yet until he starts working. So therefore, the punishment of Shabbat before the Mishkan is mitabi de shamayim. Umishumhaki ati shapir had the amar. Now he answers another question. He answers a question. In last week's parasha, we learned by heta egel. So what did God tell uh, Moshe? Go tell Shemit Levi to go kill all the perpetrators of the egel. What was the punishment that she said he gave them? Mitat Saif. Says the Mishnah Chokmah. That's not the punishment for Avodah Zarah. The punishment for Avodah Zarah is Sikila. You're giving him the wrong punishment. Says the Mishnah Chokmah. Because there wasn't a Mishkan yet. So since there wasn't a Mishkan, you can't give him Mitat Bedin. But they're still under the laws of Sheva Mitzvot Bene Noah. And Sheva Mitzvot Noah mitatam besayif that you don't need a betin to punish them mitam Sheva Mitzvot Noah. That mitatam besayif. Had there been a Mishkan, it would have been a different punishment. They would have thrown them off a building and stoned them to death. And therefore, it's quite, it's quite possible, it's quite possible that we were coming along, if you look in and last week's parasha, last week's parasha, when it mentions Shabbat in Kitisa, so what did it say in Kitisa? The pasuk says, "Vesham Rubenei said the Shabbat." Right after the Mishkan, let's read what it says. Oti binim lechem ushmatem et Shabbat mehaleleha motyumat. Here it says motyumat. What's the pshat? What's the pshat? Because, as we learned last week, there's two different mishkans here. We have the mishkan before Chet Ha'ekel, and we have the mishkan after Chet Ha'ekel. As we discussed last week from the old Yoshua, Rabbi Yoshua Heller, he gave us tremendous hadushim uh, on the difference between the two mishkans. So therefore, the Mishkan originally was supposed to be built like we learned by Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the original rule. And therefore, God said, build the Mishkan. What's going to happen once you build the Mishkan? The punishment of Shabbat will be motyumat. Since in last week's Perashah Mishkan came first, 
So therefore, when you mention Shabbat, you could say Motiumat. But here, because of the reasons that we gave, Shabbat had to come before Mishkan. So when Shabbat comes before Mishkan, you cannot write Motiumat if there's no Mishkan yet. Oh. That's how you have to write Yumat. Oh. So therefore, it's a Biduyak. It's a Biduyak in that order changes how we look at Shabbat. Wow. Them? So therefore, everything fits in like a, like a, perfect, like a perfect puzzle. Therefore, in this week's Pedashat, since Shabbat had to come first, for whatever reasons that we said, so you can't write it in the... So there was a Shabbat pre-Mishkan that had different punishments. The Shabbat didn't change. It's the punishment that changed. Oh, and it didn't change. It's following the rules of the Talmud that says you can't give a mitap edin unless you have Aaron working. Once Aaron opened the lights in the Mishkan, so on the Shodesh Nisan, that's when the laws of Shabbat's punishment moved from mitab de shamayim to mitab sekira. Nonetheless, you see that all this fits in like a... Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk about Shabbat Shekalim. We didn't it tomorrow morning. We'll devote the Shi'ur in the morning at least to the, uh, to the Shabbat Shekalim. At this point, I want to welcome our great rabbi and mentor and teacher, Rabbi Pinchas Friedman, who needs no introduction. He's known uh, like rabbis are supposed to be known from the Torah. That's how we know him from the, from the Hadushim that he says. And this Hadushim are... Remarkably, he has tremendously and uh, more importantly, he's a humble man. Because I really should be the one that's going to visit him, but he comes to visit us, and that just shows you the caliber of the rabbi's humility. So I want to welcome the rabbi, Baruch Abadik and if you could honor us just with a few words. Yeah, a few words. First of all, it's a big honor for me to come. I had a wedding of a Shabbat Sheva Brachot, and uh, we weren't here because of the situation. It's a big honor for me, and uh, I had this chus to, to hear a few good words. <laughs> Hopefully, the fella, the way it comes out. I I think I'm. I was thinking about what what to uh, what word to say. Let's begin. <laughs> the rabbi finished with Shabbat Shekalim, so we know that we're reading this Shabbat Shabbat Shemavorchem Bochodesh Adar. We're reading the mitzvah of Machzita Shekel. Why? Because Bechad Badar Mashmim Alashkalim. Rosh Chodesh Adar, the Beddin went out with a campaign. Everybody should give the Machzita Shekel for the Kupa of the Korbanot. We should buy it. We know Machzita Shekel is a Kapara for the Cheta Egel. We also know that Shabbat is a Kapara for Cheta Egel because the Gemara says, Call Hashomer Shabbat Kehil Chato, Afilu Oved Avodazara Kedorenosh, Mohalimlo. With this, we explain a big, interesting Hagdama mentioned in Sfarim Akdushim. Imre Emet brings it. I, I found it in Orach Latzadik from the son of the Rebbe Rebelemelech, Noam Elemelech. They say, and the Gemara says, why did Moshe Rabbeinu br- break the Luchot? He made a Kalvachomer, Midatov. He made a Kalvachomer, Uma Pesach. That's only one mitzvah. The Pesach says, Kol Arel, Bekol Nechar, Lo Yochalbo, Kol Nechar, Shenik Nakrum, Masab, Lavim, Shabashamayim. HaTorah Kula Kan, the entire Torah is here in the Seret Adibrot, Alachat Kama Vakama, that they can't have it, therefore it broke the Luchot. So the Mafarshim asked, 
the uh, is asking what the, the Medrash the Midrash says and the Yerushalmi says the Otiyot from the Luchot Parchu. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu bring it? Because all the Otiyot Parchu and the Kavdu Al Yadav it became heavy, so he broke it. So there's no Kavachomer. What means Kola Torah Kulakan? So there's an unbelievable Chidush that there's a remez in the Tfilat Shemon every Shabbat that all the Otiyot flew away except the Mitzvah from Shabbat. Zachor at Yom HaShabbat Lakach stayed on the Luchot. And where is that the Remus? Yismach Moshe Bemadnat Chelko Ushnei Luchot Avanim Horid Beyado. There were only Avanim because all the letters flew away. But Vekatub Bem Shmirat Shabbat. Shmirat Shabbat stayed. Why is that? Because Shmirat Shabbat Zakapara Fochetele Egel. Because the Shomer Shabbat, what Shabbat? That we are saying a dud, Kisheshet Yemim Asajem, over Yom Ashvi Shabbat Veinafash. As Lachen, Shmirat Shabbat is a Kaparafa de Hetvehegel. And therefore, Rabbi Mentor, as you mentioned, sometimes it says Mishkan before Shabbat. And sometimes it says Shabbat before Mishkan. Lelamdacha, Sheshneem Shkulim. Mhu Moshe Vahar, Nuharan Vamoshe. Kishneim and Tikkun, both of them is a Tikkun for Chet Egel. Nice, same purpose. Same purpose, the same, same Tikkun. Now, I want to finish off with Machzit HaShekel. Finish, you just started. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you always say, the Bader Tzachut, the Nashim Tzitkaniyot, they say, I'm just saying goodbye. You know, you can sit down and say, Shneim, you can't have a Chet Egel. I'm just saying goodbye. But it's not going to be that long. So what's Machzita Shekel? So the Rabbeinu B'chayei Bachia, some, some pronounce, how do you pronounce it? Bachia. Bachia. Rabbeinu Bachia says, and the Chatam Sofer says it, why Machzita Shekel? Because there is men and there is women. Um, a, a man is only Machzita Shekel. He's only Plagufa. The Zoraka is only half. It, the Shleimut is with, with the women. But Bachet Egel, only <coughs> the men. Ah. Sinned, but the women didn't participate, and therefore you're bringing only machzita shekel. Oh, nice. So I did a new chidush that I came up this week with. I heard it, and I still have to look it up. But it's it's a moiridiki chidush. Why did the women have this chut that they did not participate? They didn't fall into the trap. But the angel it says, Hakadosh Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu, Lech red ki amcha. Go down because Asulam Egel Masecha the day. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't bring the Luchot upstairs. He wrote about it, but it's a different idea. He didn't bring it upstairs. He came down. Vahi, Kasher, Yarad, Vayar et Egel Umecholot. He got angry, and he broke the Luchot. So the Alshech HaKadosh says, Why didn't he break it when he, when, when he heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Why did he take the Luchot? So there's a lot of Teretzim on that. But the Al-Shikha says, if you do an Avera, you couldn't resist. And then you have a Lev Nishbar, you're broken. Eh, why did I need to do it? But mm-hmm. In the beginning, the Yetzirah said that it's, who knows what it was. Then it was, they saw that it's nothing. 
But when he came down, you're still dancing. You're not broken. Your heart is not broken. Then he said, you don't, the, you don't need the luchot. So I heard B'Shem, Rabbi Sachor Dov Mebelz, the, the third Admor Mebelz, the great Balmachad. She says, why did the woman not participate? Because when they went by Kriyat Yamsuf, all of Klal Yisrael said Shira. But what did the women do? Vatikach Miriam et atov beyada. They danced. Instruments and Instruments, yeah. Therefore, they had the schut not, not to participate in the Egel, which was And this brings us to the message of Chodesh Adar. That brings us to the sheer of Ramenzer, that I always come. The Chatam Sofer says, every midah that we have in the Kedusha is mavatel, it, it, it eliminates the midah from the klipa. So we can say on this Yisod that we see on Purim, the next for Purim there's a Milchama, there's a war between the Kedusha and Simcha. When it's Vamelech Vehaman Yashvu Lishtot, one against another. On the other hand, when Haman is there, they killed Haman, and all, and what does it say? Layudim, Aita, Orav, Simcha, Vesason, Vikar. It's one against the other. Mishenichnes Adar Marbim Besimcha, why? On Adar, on Purim, Kimu Vekiblu, they accepted the Torah, Me'ava, with Simcha. And therefore, Mishenichnes Adar Marbim Besimcha, and if you have a judgment with a, with a non-Jew, you should, you, should go, you should go on Adar. Why? Because then is the time that the Simcha Shal Mitzvah should bring Atzvut to the other side. To the other side. Oh, wow. And therefore, the women that had betupimu b'mecholot b'kriyat yamsuf, they didn't fall the trap of Egel. Oh. So that's the message when I come the here. I hear the Torah. When you hear the Torah, it's like the Meshech Ochmah is standing before us and smiling. <laughs> the Simchat Torah eliminates the false simcha of Tanugay Olamazeh. And that's the message of Machzita Shekel on Shabbat, that this is the Kapara, Yismechu v'malchutcha, Shomrei Shabbat, Simcha shel Mitzvah, Simcha shel Torah, eliminates all pleasures other from the Klippah, and we should have Yetz Hashem. How do you like that? Don't let him go, don't let him go.
Amen. 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 Amen.